0: Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go.
1: Philippians chapter 4. I remember whenever, uh, it's been a while, a while back, but, uh, I lived in a line shack, on a ranch called the Buena Vista Ranch, and um, <laughs> literally, it doesn't get much more country than what I lived in, because um, when they needed, they needed to re And so instead of running the PVC pipes underneath the house, which would have required them to get under there with the snakes, they just ran it right across the floor. So as you're walking, there was literally PVC pipes Running along the floor, you know, if you had a water leak, right away, there was no, there was no debating that. And um, and and then right, the reason I know that there was snakes in there is because right in the middle of what would be considered the living room, I mean, there was like three rooms. There was the bedroom, there was a living room, and then there was the PVC pipe kitchen. And um, right in the middle of the living room was a hole about this big, literally, just just like somebody had taken an axe and chop this hole, and and you would walk by, and a snake would rattle at you in there. And I wasn't going to get down there and get him. And by the time you got the gun and everything, he'd usually slithered off. But it was kind of eerie when you were walking by there, and you'd see like a hundred tracks through the dirt of those snakes under there. So I just figured if I let them be, they'd let me be. And for y'all that know how to do this, you have a gift that is beyond measure. There was a wood-burning stove in this place, and I promise you one of two things happened during the winter. I either sizzled myself like a skinny white piece of turkey bacon, or I froze to death because I would put wood in there and everything, and I would turn it on, I'd be burning up and everything, so I'd go close something, and then like 13 minutes later, I'd be frozen freezing my tail off, and you'd be opening windows and closing windows. I didn't sleep through one night living on that day. That is a, my grandmother said, yeah, you just kind of get used to it. I could have it like 71 and three-quarter degrees in my house. I'm like, well, come live with me, Grandma. I want you to do that. But, you know, I look back on that time, and I'm so thankful for it. I don't know why it was just you know it was you're living by yourself you're cowboying you're out on this place and i guarantee you when you're when the comfort of home isn't that comfortable you don't really mind working because i guarantee you, being in the saddle was a lot more comfortable than being at home no tv no nothing like that this was actually before cell phones i know that that's hard to to imagine that that cell phone i'm only 25 so that's kind of weird but Um, Anyway, it was before cell phones. But, you know, I was thankful for what I had. At the time, I didn't know any better. It was my own place, and I was getting to cowboy, and I was content all, you know, just just to have what I had. I was glad that I had a semi-warm shower. I was glad that you had to squeeze in between the sink just to get in the shower. Somebody had put it in later. But I guarantee you one thing that you had to do was be adaptable because I guarantee you nothing ever was the same. It was either too hot or too cold or too dry or too wet or too snaky. It was never not too snaky, so that was pretty pretty much level on the course. That was living, you know. I think we can all look back to a time when we look back and say, you know what, we didn't have anything, but we had everything. I remember my brother going to Western Texas College and he was rodeoing for him and, and everything like that. He told me not too long ago, he's a very successful businessman. I am so proud of him for everything that he's done and accomplished in his life. And I can just see him going further. But he told me one day, he said, you know what, Kevin? With everything that God has blessed me with, you know, there's times that I'll look back
0: whenever I was at Western Texas College and I only had $19 to my entire name and I was just as happy. Be. And I think we can all look back
1: at some point in our life, and just say, you know what, there was a simpler time, there was a simpler place, and in Philippians chapter 4, Philippians chapter 4, Paul talks about the secret of living, the secret of living, you know, when you read your Bibles, I know that some of you read your Bibles, and you're like, well, I don't know what to read, because I've read it four times, who cares? I don't care how many times you read Philippians chapter 4, you're going to get something new out of it. And I was reading in it the other day, and it was amazing because Paul actually says, the secret of living is this. I was like, wow, how come I had never seen that before? But to give you a little background before we read the passage paul is in a roman prison okay he is shackled up he's in the he's in the who for spreading the gospel and he's got plenty of time on his hands and so um he writes a letter of thanks to the philippian church now the philippian church the church at philippi and uh it's not blueberry um it, or anything like that It was actual town that was funny and y'all stink and um It was the first one in Europe, the very first Christian church in Europe. They had a special relationship with Paul, and Paul loved the church at Philippi. It was the first church, which I guess now we know where the Baptists get it, right? The first church, first Baptist church, first Presbyterian church, first United Methodist church. Boy, everybody likes to be first. I'm wondering if, since they were the first church in Europe, if they had their little sign that they put their cute little sayings on. And everybody liked those sayings. I'd like to share with you some of my favorite church sign sayings. Some of them are serious, some of them aren't. Today is a gift from God. That's why it's called the present. That's pretty cool. Today is a gift from God. That's why it's called the present. How about this one? The rapture will be the final separation of church and state. How about this one? This church is prayer-conditioned. That was pretty good, wasn't it? I didn't say amen or nothing. How about this one? Seven days without prayer makes one week. Uh, uh, uh. How about this one? What could we put on this sign to make you come? I thought that was pretty... uh, I I like that, you know. I kind of like that. But this is my all-time favorite. Many of y'all have seen it. It is a fight in Cumberland somewhere. I don't know where Cumberland is. But it is a fight on church signs between a Catholic church and a Presbyterian church. The Catholic church puts on their sign, they say, all dogs go to heaven. The Presbyterian church says, only humans go to heaven, read the Bible. Which the Catholic church says, God loves all his creations, dogs included. To which the Presbyterian church replies, dogs don't have souls, this is not open for debate. To which the Catholics responded, Catholic dogs go to heaven. Presbyterian dogs can talk to their pastors. To which the Presbyterians replied, Converting to Catholicism does not magically grant your dog a soul. To which the Catholics responded, Free dog, souls with conversion. I don't know who that priest is, and I dig him, man. I love that dude. To which the Presbyterians replied, Uh, dogs are animals. There aren't any rocks in heaven either. To which the Catholic said, all rocks go to heaven. That is awesome. I love that. That's it, guys. We'll see y'all next week. Let's baptize some people. No, not really. We're going to go into Philippians. All of that stemmed from the first church in Europe, you know, so kind of cool. But Philippians is a happy book. You go read Ezekiel; it's not that happy, okay? But if you if you want to be happy, read Philippians. Philippians is a great book. It is a book of joy. Um, it talks about joy in suffering, and actually, there you can do that. Um, it talks to, that's in chapter one, and there in chapter two, Paul talks about the joy in serving, and in chapter three, uh, Paul talks about a joy in believing, and in chapter four, he talks about a joy in giving. Um, the Philippians church has sent to Rome, to Paul in prison, some fellow named Epaphroditus. Y'all didn't think I could pronounce that, did you? That's what his name was, Epaphroditus. And um, anyway, they sent him with a financial gift from the church. They sent this cowboy all the way to Rome so that they could help Paul out in his ministry. Okay? The text that we're going to be reading out of Philippians chapter 4, 10 through 14, is where Paul is thanking them for their gift, okay? But nestled in this paragraph are these words. I have learned the secret of living every situation. I have learned the secret of living in every situation. Let's read it. Philippians 4, 10 through 14. I'll be reading out of the New Living Translation. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again, I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live and almost live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or an empty one, with plenty or with little for I can do. All things Christ you strengthen. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. Did you catch the four secrets in there? Did you hear them? Let's talk about them real quick. The first four secrets of living in any situation. The very first one is in verse ten. The very first verse we read. How I praise the Lord that you're concerned about me again. I know that you've always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Who was Paul thanking right there? Think about it. Let's read it again. Who was Paul thanking? How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. He was thinking God, wasn't he? And that's the first key, the first secret to living in any situation is to always be thankful for God. Always be thankful to God. Now, The Philippian church had helped him, and he knew that it was God working through them. But first and foremost, he didn't say, Hey, guys, I appreciate that donation that you got me and everything like that. He praised God for it. Do we do the same thing? In every little deal, do we praise God first no matter what happens? It's a habit. It is a secret of living in any situation. Know how to be thankful and who to be thankful to. The second secret of living in any situation is learning how to be content, learning how to be content. In verse 11, Paul says, not that I was ever in need. Think about this. They just sent him, and I don't, I mean, obviously it was a substantial gift because you don't send a guy clear across the the Roman Empire, with, you know, a milkshake and and, and two bottles of aspirin, okay? This must have been a substantial gift, and Paul was very thankful for it. And he says, not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. Are we content with whatever we have? You know, um, George, and and I may ask you, Renee, uh, George put on Facebook last night that everybody's sick down in Guatemala. And he was looking for, you know, suggestions on how to combat it, if there was some uh, homeopathic stuff or anything like that. But he said that the flu down there is called gripe, which is spelled G-R-I-P-E, gripe. Isn't that pretty standard? (laughs) I mean, I guarantee you when I get the flu, I gripe. But can we be content or do we have a bad case of the soul flu? All we do, nothing is ever good enough. We get excited when we get a new job, but before too long, it's the same as all the other jobs we had. Somebody's not doing something right. I'm not making enough money. They don't appreciate me. Rah, 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 rah. There's no Christians in here. Good, that's where God puts you. Is all we do is gripe and bellyache and think about what we don't have? Or do we hit our knees in thanks and be content and say, God, if I didn't have anything else, this would mean more than I ever deserved. You want to learn the secret to living in every situation? Learn to be thankful. Learn to be content. The third secret of living. He was able to adapt to any situation.
0: Verse 12.
1: I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. But how many of us, the preacher included, I hate it when the preacher talks about himself, even the preacher, we are so staunch and so stiff and boy, we're not going to bend. This is the way it is by gosh and if this is my opinion, it must be right and I don't have to adapt to anything. This is the way it needs to be. I will not be happy unless this is, happens this way and in this order and if my wife doesn't act a certain way, then I'm going to be mad and if my stupid husband would just learn to do what I told him to, everything would be fine. We are so stiff and unbendable. And you know what happens to something that's unbendable? It breaks. It breaks. Are you adaptable? Can you roll with the punches? Or does everything dictate how you feel? If everything's going good for you, then the world is great and everybody should be smiling. And if something bad happens, then the world is freaking ending. hate that. No, this isn't a life that we're going to, you know, French kiss skittle covered unicorns and, you know, throw around frogs to each other. Why he would do that, I don't know, but, I mean, some people, that's the way they want to live their life. They're like, oh, everything, I'm a Christian. Everything should just be good and happy and what? No, it's not. Can you be happy? Can you adapt to any situation? I've had to adapt to blizzard like conditions. And I, and, and I do have a confession to make about that. I'm getting pretty good at it. I just like to poke fun at myself. I'm learning how to dress. Which is good because used to everybody said keep my cord warm. I did not understand that that did not mean to put on nine pair of underwear. This is your cord. I was mistaken about that. So I'm learning. I'm learning. But you have to be able to adapt. And I'm sorry, but you're not adapting if you're complaining all the time. And if you're complaining all the time, you cannot be content. And if you're complaining all the time, no, you're not adapting, you're not content. And you dang sure ain't thankful. Four secrets of living. And the last one, be totally dependent on Christ. Totally dependent upon Christ.
0: 4.13. Or I can do everything through
1: Christ who's free. And that is a You want to talk about one of God's promises? That's awesome, brother. That is awesome. Are we totally dependent upon Christ? Or is he like an iTunes deal that we put on our iPod every now and then, and kind of sing along, and then you don't think about him at all? Do you depend on Christ or do you depend on yourself? you pat yourself on the back whenever, you, whenever something goes good and then you cry out to God when something goes bad? You go, where are you? How come you don't love me? we got to learn to be totally dependent on Christ each and every day. Now, one of the keys to all of this, I have learned the secret of living in every situation. What do you think key word is? Learned. It's not going to come easy, guys. It's not going to come natural. You're not going to walk out of here and go, whew, Thanks be to God that I'm a Christian and everything. I can just be content now, and I can be thankful, and I can be happy. I will never gripe again, and I can be totally dependent on God without trying at all. It's not going to happen. This is something that you're going to have to learn. This is something that you're going to have to actively participate in. You're going to have a part to play in this. You're going to have to do it. You want to be thankful? Let me tell you. This is, this is pretty deep here. If you want to be thankful, you have to do it. Okay? I know that's kind of hard to understand. But if you want to be content, you have to just do it. If you want to be adaptable, where everything in the world doesn't break you off at the base, you've got to be adaptable. And if you want to be totally dependent on God, you've got to totally depend on God. So what? Really? I mean, why did we read that? so what? I hate to be a bubble burster, okay? I hate to burst anybody's bubble. But verse 413, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, is not a blank check for your life. You will not be able to jump off of your roof and fly, okay? You cannot stand on the peak of your roof and go, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You're gonna fall, dummy. You will not be able to go rob a bank without getting caught. I'm going to rob this bank because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Oh, it doesn't work like that and you know it. You cannot build a hotel in Elbert County, okay? It can't happen. That was funny. Thank you, Ty. That's why he's the wagon boss. Has anybody seen that Geico commercial where the gal goes up to the gal and why? And she's like... You're the one that sold my husband that insurance policy. Now he thinks he can do anything. And the guy's juggling chainsaws. He's like, come on, man, right here. Let me in on this. You're not going to be able to juggle chainsaws. Okay? So whenever you hear I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, it is not a blank check to make you Superman. Dylan is Spider-Man. Not Dylan, but uh, his son. And that's an inside joke. But it's not going to give you superpowers it's not going to make you where all of a sudden you know. It, it's not a genie. Ooh, God! I want. I can do all things through you who strengthens me, and I want to do this. It doesn't that. Being totally dependent on Christ is what Paul was talking about when he said, "For I can do everything Christ who strengthens." Here's the question, and I'm going to ask it twice just so you get it. Are we dependent on Christ that He will do what we want, or that He will give us the strength to do what He wants? Let me read that again. Are we dependent on Christ that he will do what we want or that he will give us the strength to do what he wants? And I think we all answer that. What verse 413 really means is this. The blessed place you can be is right up next to God, right in Jesus Christ. You want to talk about the safest, the best place. If you're looking for the secret to living In any situation, it's right up next to God, riding right beside Him. That way, if He says something, you're right there to hear it. You're on that narrow trail that He's talking about. You're living your life the way He wants you to live it. What 13 really means is that if God asks you to do something, He's going to give you the strength to do it. If He's saying, I want you to do this, you're going to be able to do it. Verse 13 is only talking about in regard of God's will for your life. It's not a blank check. It's in regards to God's will for you. What is God's will? What is it? That question has been asked by smarter people than me and answered by children, I think. What is God's will for our life? It has always been the same. We can go deep into theology and religion and all of this stuff, but don't forget the very first thing that Jesus said to his disciples. The first command he gave was what? me. Man, don't we have a habit of making theology and religion and all of this so hard? Jesus just said, you will never go wrong if you're following me. How do we do that? If you're gathering cattle, let me give you some some parallels. If you're gathering cattle and you're going out to gather, you do not ride in front of the boss. You want to talk about an insult, a faux pas, or whatever you want to call it. You do not ride in front of the boss. You can ride right beside him. You can visit with him. But you do not ride in front of the boss. And it doesn't matter if that boss is your best friend or your employer or Jesus Christ. You don't ride in front of him. You follow him. And the best way to follow him is right beside him. You do what the boss tells you to do. You watch what he does and listen to those who have rode with him for longer than you have. I guarantee you when I go work on some of these ranches, if we're going out with Charlie Carnahan and I got Sue and Dave with me and I'm unsure what we're going to do and Charlie's up in front, I'm going to ask one of them that's done that more than I have. I'm going to say, hey, can you kind of help me out here? And they're going to say, sure, what we're going to do is this and this and this. Or, you know, sometimes it's hard to understand what the cow boss says because I guarantee you the worst thing in the world is to work a sorting gate. Because what they'll say is, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh. And you will get it wrong every time and get chewed out. I promise you. So usually the new guy works a sorting gate because the other cowboys have all found something else to do. I guarantee you. Leroy, I know you were like that too because
0: you're a cowboy, that's why.
1: Watch what he does and listen to those who have rode with him a long time. How do we listen to God? How can we watch what he does? Guys, the most untapped resource is what most of you forgot today. It's called the Bible. Everything you need to know is about it. You want to see what he does? You want to listen to him? It's him talking. It's called the Word of God. Somebody says, I've never heard God speak to me. Then you've never read an ounce of the Bible. Or if you have, you didn't read it with the right mindset. It's God speaking to us. That's why he wrote it down. How do we know the will of God? You don't ride in front of the boss. You do what the boss says. You watch what he does and listen to those who've rode with him a long time. You ride with him every single day. Every day. Not just on Sundays. Not just during your catastrophe, not during anything else. You ride with him every single day. You hang out with the cowboys that do ride for him. You want to get your soul and spirit strengthened? Hang out with other people that are trying to do the same thing you are. And I hate that word, try, by the way, that are doing the same thing. Try has this built-in thing that says, well, I'm going to try it, but if I fail, it's okay, because I was only trying. No, we need to get away from try and start doing James said, be doers of the word, not triers of the word. Hang out with other cowboys that ride for him. And the last that I'm going to talk about, because this list is infinitely long, is this. Be kind to every critter you come across. I don't care if they got one leg, two legs, three, four. If they've got eight, you can stomp them. Just saying. Okay. And if they have no legs, you don't have to be nice to them either. Be kind to every critter you come across and tell them that they can ride the boss too. Are you willing to do that? Because if you're truly riding with him, you would want others to do the same. And you're not gonna be ashamed of it when you go out of this will shine. The secret of living, I think the G by the Word of God. Through Paul written in the book and all you have to do is be thankful, which is hard. You're gonna to have to be content. You're gonna to have to be adaptive, guys, and you're gonna to have to last death all all these Probably the most important, one, because you can't do any of that other stuff unless you're. Doing it. You cannot do it on earth. Impossible. You can fly off the top of the roof of the house for about a second and a half, and that's about how long y'all can do
0: it. <laughs> now, if you didn't get something out of that, amigos, you've either lost your mind, lost your way, or lost your sense of humor. Maybe all three. Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby again. You know, I just wanted to say thanks for y'all coming sitting with us for a spell. If you'd like to find out more about Save the Cowboy, just type in SaveTheCowboy.com into that fancy computer or smartphone of yours and you'll be riding with us faster than to catch a dog lined out on a Maverick. And we'll see y'all next time. Adios. I'd like to thank my good friends at Integrity Auto Repair for their help in making this radio ministry possible. And their name says it all. Integrity Auto. If you're ever in Kiowa, Colorado, Go by and see Jim and Kelly Gerald and tell them Say the Cowboys sent you.